Infected ones, welcome to part two of my podcast premiere, which is the origin of horror movies. Today we have some more people joining us, but first let me uh, introduce the guys that were with me last week. The first one is going to be Kirk Smith. Hi, Kirk. Hi. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? Hello. <laughs> Great. That's good. awesome. That's good. That's good. You're outside. You're outside with the uh, the walking chickens and all that stuff. <laughs> anyway, it's a joke. So, <laughs> with us also is Kente Ferguson. Hi, Kente. Hey, how's it going, fine peoples? Good, good, good. How are you been doing? How was your week? My week is amazing. I had yeah. a wonderful week, and I'm so glad to be here with you great people. Awesome. Next, we have Jen. She is joining us from Hawaii, and it's been a little bit, but she's back. Hi, Jen. <laughs> hey. Thanks you so much for letting me be part of this podcast. It's been, it has been awesome. Yeah, this is going to be so much fun. I'm so stoked. And also with us is Josh. Hi, Josh. How's it going? Good. How are you? You know, I've uh, I've been on a pretty steady stream of getting things done, so I'm feeling accomplished. That's awesome. Yeah, I've been pretty productive this week too. I got my ID in the mail. I'm was <laughs> super stoked for that. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a minute. And then let's see. I I got a, I got a job. I, lots of lots of good stuff. So. All right, so last week we started talking about the origin of horror movies, and we were going over, like, uh, Night of the Living Dead and The Blob and all that kind of stuff. And we kind of moved over to slasher films and what our favorite films were and what our favorite creatures were and all that kind of stuff. So this week I thought we could go for more obscure movies, maybe movies that people haven't seen before. So I think that Kirk would be a great lead to to this because he knows all about weird movies. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, no, I, well, actually, one I thought of actually right when we uh, stopped um, broadcasting last week, and because I couldn't think of the name of it during the broadcast, and it came to me afterwards. Um, Frailty. Oh um, yeah, that's a great movie. Actually, the only movie done by uh, Bill Paxton, uh, actor. Um, I, I think it, I think it was where I, where I was at. I think it was out for like a week. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, I saw it during that week. So, um, a great movie. Um, unbelievable. Um, just um, probably one of the best endings I've ever seen in a horror movie. Um, one of the most satisfying, anyway. Actually. Yeah, but, um, and and it's something I, I I touched on last week, and like I, I like the the fact that um, it's not really a monster; it's it, it, well, it's a human being, um, but they think is they believe is a killer, and 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 how the kids deal with him, and it's just it, it's just a great movie. It's just an unbelievable movie. And I think that. Uh... Uh, Matthew McConaughey plays yeah. a great role yeah. in it. 
Yeah, he's only in there for a little bit, but he's very good in the movie. He's yeah, excellent. absolutely. No, have you, no. have oh, you guys great. seen it? No, have you guys seen it? Oh yeah, great, good movie. Yeah, that was a good movie. That was a really good movie. Good, good, good one to come up with too. Um, now, do we? Ha does the movie have to be good that we bring up? No, not at all. That could be. Yeah, it could be way, way out there. Yeah. Now, I got a movie. And you probably have never heard of it, but I remember this because we we when I was younger we used to rent a movie, and then friends would come over and watch it, and we always would try to find like some the horror movies or whatever. And this movie, uh, it was called Rawhead Rex, and uh, <laughs> and I remember this movie. This movie was gross as hell, <laughs> stupid as hell too. But it was uh, pretty entertaining. As you can see, uh, look how he looks. He looks like a, a, a goofball. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure you guys probably never heard of this film. But uh, uh, trust me. It. I just never seen it. I, I, I have heard about it, though. Yeah. Who, who, was the, who was the director on that? I, 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 um, I don't even know. Let me see. Who is the director on this? It's oh. probably somebody that never worked again. Uh, <laughs> oh, it was, oh, it was a Clive Barker uh, screenplay. Okay. Oh. <laughs> oh, and it was uh, directed by George Pavlo. So. Yeah, which, which brings me, um, actually, if I can talk about another, um, I actually, I guess you would call it a horror movie. Um, you were talking about Clive Barker, uh, Nightbreed. Oh, yes. Yeah, which, um, which is, uh, has... Um, in there, uh, David Cronenberg as uh, the villain. And that's another guy I wanted to talk about. <laughs> we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't get to talk about him last week. So, yes, so yeah. Right. But Night, Night, Night Parade is a pretty wild movie. If you've ever... Um, now, they just came out with the, um, the director's cut version, I believe. And... Um, it adds adds more of the uh, adds more of the uh, creatures, I guess. Um, really cool movie, just just different and just and um, it, it kind of I, I like the performance by Cronenberg uh, in there too. So I had to give a shout out to my friend Elijah because he's a nerd too, and I was super excited that he was watching. But anyway, I did not see Nightbreed, but I'm sure it was a great movie. Um, what about you, Josh? Have you ever what what obscure movie do you uh? Do well, you like? um, my my biggest issue when it comes to <laughs> obscurity is when I see something, I assume everybody's seen it. So <laughs> I don't I, I don't know really know if it's obscure, but I I can throw out a title that uh, I don't think got as much mainstream attention as it as it might have deserved, and that's Ghost Ship. Uh, 2002. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, that but, uh, that cable snapping scene just blew my mind from one <laughs> end of the boat to the other. Josh, I knew you were going to say that. I just knew it. Who's I can't I, I I can't remember who's in Ghost Ship. I can't remember who is Gabriel Byrne is in it. Oh, oh wow. It, it, you know it that it, you're right that it kind of is an obscure movie unless, well, you, heard about it, unless you're really into horror. So, so it's like one of those 
You don't know unless you know. But, but that opening scene is, I think a lot of people know that opening scene because they've seen it in montages of, hey, this is how you start a movie. Like, this is, this is, this is really good. But the, I don't, I, I didn't, I wasn't particularly thrilled with the rest of the movie, but I, I am totally with you on that opening scene. It was yeah, absolutely take, take epic. Leaving. That opening was really good. Me. All right, Jen. Uh, so, m actually, my favorite obscure horror movie is one that we actually did on Cinema du Fromage called Let's Scare Jessica to Death. I, I love that movie. <laughs> I love it for all kinds of different reasons. It absolutely always makes me really happy to see. Uh, <laughs> it, it's such a, it is such a, it's in a class all by itself because it's, you know, super dated just based on what you see. But it's the it's this idea of uh, of the vampire totally reimagined. I, I just really like it. Yes, I, I like that. Let's scare Jessica to death. I'd say, as far as cinema du fromage goes, it is the biggest surprise like movie that I've uh, that I've seen from the lists we've done so far. It was it was the one that I wasn't expecting to really get into, but by the end of it, I was like, this movie's great. <laughs> you know, okay, my pick is going to be 13 Ghosts. It was not very, like, I don't know. It wasn't very um, played in theaters. Like, it didn't get a lot of promotion, but I really liked it. I really liked the juggernaut, and, like, the ending was pretty cool, and, like, the whole house was really cool, too. Like, I thought it was, I thought it was well done. So are you talking about the 1960s version, or are you yeah, talking about? I, I've seen that one. I, yeah, I, the Which one, one are you talking about? The the newer one. The newer one. This is the one, I, the one I got on screen. Oh, also okay, directed okay. by Steve Beck, I believe, who did Ghost Ship. Because they they have a very similar story. The 1961 has it. It's almost exactly the same, except for a couple of things that happen that don't happen uh, in the 1960s version that do happen in the later one. But I, I love the later, I'm with you. I love the later one. The special effects in that were great. I, I saw somebody post this and I think it's absolutely true. Some director writer could make a billion dollars by creating a 13 ghost with origin stories for the 13 ghosts. Cause they are just so imaginatively done. I absolutely love them. I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I haven't I haven't seen that one, but um, uh, Frighteners is another one that doesn't get um, talked about a lot either. Um, Peter Jackson movie, Michael J. Fox. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, um, I think I think I think that that's that's a really different take on. Um, on ghost stories and and, and, and the, the, the actual ghost story, I, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, Frighteners is a good one. Okay, so how about like any older movies? Like I know Kirk has a couple that he wanted to talk about. Um, which ones were they again? <laughs> they Ooh, well, I think we we talked about them last week. One was. Um, Eyes without a face, right? Okay, yeah. Oh, that's a great movie. 
Yeah, that that, that creeped the hell out of me because I I had I I knew nothing about that movie going into it, and that ending um, still gets to me. Um, it's, it's what it's extremely creepy. Uh, it's, and um, what was the other one? Um, well, actually, I think we I talked about it too. Night of the Hunter is mm-hmm. um, 1955. Um, the um, Robert Mitchum as a uh, preacher. Um, it was uh, directed by Charles Lawton, the, another director, uh, another actor, I guess. Yeah, he, the only movie he ever directed, so. Um, this this movie, I don't know if it's a thriller, but this is an example of a movie that starts off amazing and then dies on the back end. Uh, is um, when a stranger calls the original. Oh. Uh, like that movie has one of the best openings of a film. You know that whole you know um, urban legend about the babysitter and all that and the, the killers in the house, and then it's like after that opening, it's just downhill pretty much from there it's like they it's like they came up with a great beginning to the movie but couldn't figure out how to end it up but uh it, it starts off it's one of the best starts of a movie is uh when a stranger calls and they, they remade yeah, that, it and, it and the remake wasn't good yeah i saw that i saw that uh you know rosemary's baby was good but it wasn't as good as like i wanted it to be like i was like expecting something like Super awesome and like, yeah, I was, uh, yeah. I was expecting, yeah, a, a little more from that movie. I, I think that's kind of an overrated uh, film, actually. Really, you think Rosemary's Baby is an overrated? Film? Yeah, a, a, a little bit. Yeah, I, 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 well, I, I, I don't know. I maybe yeah. have to watch it again. I guess I don't know, but uh, um. I don't know. It, it, it just didn't do anything for me. It didn't, it didn't, um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Okay. So here's, here's one that I thought was like super gory and oh my God, I saw it when I was like 18. It was called um, Dead Alive and is considered one of the most goriest um, movies in at, at that point. Like there was this one zombie scene and it had uh, a lawnmower mowing down the zombies and like it was really bloody and it was cheesy too, like super cheesy. But my friend Rick, like he stood by this movie like he was like, yeah, this is the best movie ever. So like we watched it like a lot. Have you guys seen it? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Tori. Yeah. Tori, can I ask you a question? I, I, Absolutely. I, I, not that I want to go back to Rosemary's Baby, but I just want to ask a question in general and see if maybe this sort of um, is what people think. Do you think that that the the because of the origins of horror, right? Because of the different eras that horror is released in, that our expectations, even looking backwards across time, even understanding kind of where people were in terms of what was happening in the world when these movies came out. Do you think that sometimes it's hard for us sitting in the place that we are right now to get a really good read on 
whether something is scary, whether it scares us today, as opposed to what it would do to somebody who is sitting in the theater, say in the 1950s or the 1960s. Sometimes I really wonder if that plays into why yeah. we have sort of a little bit of a disconnect between some of the older I, I movies think, and some I, of the newer I, ones. That happened with, actually that happened with me, not with the military baby, but with the exorcist. Oh yeah. I saw the, I saw the director's cut at a theater and the audience I was with were, were laughing through most of the movie, which I thought was strange. That um, was me. And people not, people not, I, you know, I, <laughs> um, people not getting it or just, I, I, I don't, I, I, they weren't scared or I, maybe it was nervous laughter or, or whatever, but that, um, yeah, I thought that was kind of strange. And, um, I, I, I don't, I don't, that 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 movie is still uh, jolting to me um, in a lot of ways. Uh, but um, um, it, it doesn't affect people like I don't know. I, I think I think a film that uh, I mean you might say it's science fiction, but I think it has a lot of horror elements to it. Is um, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers? Oh yeah, uh, the nineteen seventy eight version. Um, I mean, that's like that's a horror film in a way. Um, oh, yeah, definitely, absolutely. And, and that movie still holds up, and that was in the 78. So, you know, like, uh, and that ending that's one of the greatest endings. Well, the original, the, movie. the original still holds up too. So, it's right. So, I think to address what Jen was saying, I think that maybe if I was born in like the 60s and I saw Rosemary's Baby or you know, like if I was born in that time era, I think that I might have taken it a lot differently. It probably would have scared me a little bit more. But I maybe because of all the stuff that goes on and how violent TV is now, maybe it's just not as scary as it should have been to me. You know what I mean? Like maybe I'm like, oh, you know. But I see what your point is. Like uh, when we when we go watch and like. Night of the Living Dead, and like some people might be like, "Oh, that's uh, so cheesy or so played out or whatever," and they might not get like the the greatness of the movie itself. Like, so <laughs> I just said we have become to it in mainstream, yeah, and like uh, horror movies has become a cult classic too. So like, it's not like. Um, innovative in a sense that like it's it's actually drawing an entire genre like it's creating a, its own genre it's actually just feeding off of things that came about it you know so i i completely understand what you're talking about well the, the reason that i ask is because in a similar way to what kirk was saying about rosemary's baby i had somebody tell me that they didn't think that the birds was a scary movie and i there was, oh, I, I, I really had to like stop and take pause with that because, I, because first of all, Hitchcockian, everything that is Hitchcock is different in terms of just suspense slash horror. But there is something viscerally scary about what happens in that movie. And it, what was interesting was the way that they phrased it, which was, how could something be scary in black and white? And also, why was, would it be scary? These people were just in a house and there was a flock of birds around them. Like, I mean, they just didn't, 
it like they didn't see the tension they didn't see the they didn't see any of the things that i see when i watch that movie and that's why i was wondering if maybe we had become a little bit desensitized and so we just are not sometimes seeing what makes something scary and also they just are desensitized you know what i mean go ahead Kurt. right yeah a lot of people have a hard time with uh, movies that kind of build up to to a scare or build up to they, movies that kind of take their time or don't um, explain too much and kind of and uh, kind of let the audience kind of make up their own mind. One movie movie um, that I um, absolutely love and I I get I get I get both sides of it. Uh, people hate it and people love it. Uh, is The Witch? Um, oh yeah. I absolutely love that movie. It, that, that scared the crap out of me. Uh, still does. Um, um, and I don't. And, and I was trying to figure out why. It, I think it's because they didn't explain a lot, and they, they they were they showed bits of things, like what the hell was that? I mean, what what what's going on with that? And they never. They they kind of let the audience fill it in, and which right. I, which I thought was cool. Um, I think another movie that uh, I really, really liked whenever I was younger, like I thought it creeped me out, was The Others with Nicole Kidman. Like, I liked the ending. I thought the beginning was cool. Like, uh, it was suspenseful, but not gory. Like, it, it didn't need blood. Like, it was still weird and creepy, and like the kids couldn't go outside, and why couldn't they go outside? Like, you know, I don't know. What did you guys think about that one? I, I, I like <laughs> What was that? <clears throat> go ahead, Kirk. Go ahead. I was just going to say I haven't seen it, so I didn't. Oh, okay. What about you, Jen? I'm with you. I like that movie for a lot of different reasons. One, yeah, it, it, although once you've seen it, it when you watch it again, then it, it loses a little bit of its impact, obviously, because you know what's going on. But it's funny because if you watch that movie a couple of times, you'll notice that they drop hints all the way through the movie about what's really going on. Right. And we're just too dumb to pick it up. <laughs> and I, I really liked that because I didn't get it either. I thought it was, I, I actually really like it. I loved her performance especially, but I really loved that little girl. She was just amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Josh, if you could pick, we talked about this last week. What If you could pick any horror movie, like, icon, villain, creature that was your favorite growing up who would you pick my favorite growing up does it have to be when i was growing up yeah or like, like now like if it's still like resonated okay let's see hmm i'd say right now it's probably jigsaw okay yeah that's a good that, one there's definitely a strong psychological uh, psychological factor there that you know, whenever I walk out of a movie theater going, Jesus Christ, what would I do to survive? Uh, could I do that? And the answer is, I don't know. And it, 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 the premise makes you stop and think, which is so strange for modern horror. 
Um, everyone these days seems to rely on the same old jump scares or look yeah. how much gore we can put in this with our computers. You know, it's, it's just, it's nice to see a movie franchise, even though it kind of petered out there, uh, a movie franchise rely on the psychological aspect rather than the physical. Although there's a lot of physical. Yeah, but it, yeah, but like in the in the first first couple of uh, Saw movies, actually, actually the first three, I mean, they they were like few and far between. I mean, they they it, it built up, it, and um, it didn't like once it came, it was it was pretty intense, but it it, mm -hmm. it built up to it. And I, I I like movies like that actually. It, it, it just treats you intelligently, actually. Yeah, the, the the gore that it presented felt earned when it came. Yeah. Yes, very yeah, good point. Yeah, that, that's yeah, exactly. It's um, smartly done. What do you guys think about? Uh, you probably won't like it, but um, <laughs> I don't. I forgot what they call this genre. But uh, um, have you guys ever seen Unfriended? Yes. Uh, uh, where it, everything takes place on the computer screen, the whole movie, and uh, I mean, I actually, I think. I really did enjoy this film. I thought it was uh, excellent. The, the sequel uh, to Unfriended, Dark Web, um, I thought it was very well done. And um, they did a movie, another movie called Searching, too, with the same kind of concept, which was a really good movie. But um, uh, I like that, you know, everything's on the computer screen and they just kept it up. I, I, I mean, I thought it was excellent. And uh, it built up and everything and, uh, you know, what about Truth or Dare, if we're going to go that route? Like, I think that they're kind of similar. Have you guys seen that one? Yeah, I, I saw it in the theater. I yeah. saw it in the theater. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this is a creepy smile movie. Yes. Right after, right after, um, right after quarantine, uh, well, like in the middle of the year uh, during quarantine, I watched a movie on Shudder called Host. And it was basically a Zoom conference and they had a seance and everything goes wrong. And each one of the participants ends up with something crazy happening. Um, I won't give anything away because you, you really should watch it. It's actually really good, but it's that kind of movie. It's the same kind of movie as Unfriended where everything is happening basically in virtual space and we really don't see anything happening quote unquote in real time like you know we're not seeing from a third person perspective or seeing everything from the camera uh, from the screen perspective and it was really imaginatively done and you're right it is a lot like unfriended mm. oh what about um uh i mean i want to see that i haven't checked that out yet what about this film uh, hereditary have you guys seen um, that? Yeah, I I seen it. I'm I, I'm still not too sure about it. Actually. Really? Yeah, I, I love this. I, I love Hereditary. Yeah, I thought, I, I thought and the ending is. Yeah, I'm not gonna give it away. The yeah. ending is awesome. I mean, it's like it's one of those movies you got to see it multiple times. I thought the girl was amazing in that movie. The little girl. Yeah. I yeah I, she yeah she was unbelievable and then I that and I hated to see her go in the, in the middle of the movie, but um, you know you just spoiled it. You know you just spoiled it, right? <laughs> well, if you haven't seen Hereditary by now, <laughs> yeah, 
Come on, you're not missing anything. Uh, it's okay. Not really. I'm, not, I'm not really giving up anything. That's, next, no. next, Kirk is going to spoil Jaws. Wow. <laughs> uh, you're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> what about the the Fallen? Which, which, which one of those? 1998. Oh, um, you mean, uh, wait, no, it was called something else. Fallen. Uh, are you talking about Denzel movie? Yeah. It was called Fallen, just Fallen. It, is, okay. it, is that the one where he jumped, where the demon jumps go? Or demon jumps people? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was good. And they're singing Time is on my side. Yeah. I, I, I like that one. That was actually, that was one of those ones like you were just talking about, Tori, where it's not very clear exactly what's happening. And so it ends up being a little bit of a mystery to put all together. That I think right. that that actually made it good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? And Josh, I want to hear from you on this one. Okay. How, how have we not mentioned Seven? Of course. I was just about to mention it, but yeah, of course. Seven, can I get a uh, what's in the box? Can I get a what's in the box, Josh? Come on, you can do it. <laughs> Let me let me hear your what's in the box impersonation. What's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> what, is, wait, is is seven actually a horror movie? Oh yeah, yeah. Is it a horror movie. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it is. Yeah, it's, 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 it's not a rom com. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was a rom com. Well, I don't know. Brad Pitt is in it, so. Yeah, you know. uh, yeah, that's a horror movie. Didn't they, didn't someone get murdered with a? A, a 18 inch dildo or something to strap on. <laughs> like, no, that not, was American yeah. Horror Story, right? No, that was no, that was in seven. Remember? Oh, oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, no, that's a that's a uh, and great job. The, too, the, the guy that was burned I, in the I, bed. Yeah. The reason that I ask is because I've always seen Seven more as a uh, crime thriller more than an actual horror story, and th this is one of those interesting. Um, conversations that definitely we should have sometime about what does make a horror movie because the, even when you look at genre titles, like if you look at IMDb's genre titles, they're different from what uh, another streaming uh, or another uh, a streaming site will do. Netflix even classifies things differently from, uh, from Amazon Prime. And so it makes kind of an interesting uh, discussion about which movies qualify. Because, I mean, you're right. I think based on what you just said, you could classify it as a horror. And remember, according to the, according to the great philosopher Jamie Kennedy, Showgirls is a, <laughs> is a, a horror film as well. <laughs> oh, God. Especially the TBS cut. Okay. What, what about Final Destination? Oh, you know what? Okay, let me bring that up. Uh, that is a great movie. The first three movies were great. Um, and uh, if you are an X-Files fan, uh, Morgan and Wong, the, uh, the great writers from the X-Files, was the ones that uh, created it. They did the first and the third one. Um, that is a great movie. Uh, a great concept. Then it got stupid, obviously, after the... the, the uh, yeah, it got played out, which, yeah. Which, yeah, which yeah. kind of leads me to... Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up too, um, horror on TV. Um, like, okay. I, I I wanted to go back actually to uh, well, you brought up the guys who did uh, 
did that movie. It also did um, X Files. Right. And they did probably the best horror episode I've ever seen out of any series um, called Home. Great. About, about the three you. inbred brothers and the mother. Oh, yeah. Yay. Yeah, the, unbelievable episode. Unbelievable. I, I, amazing that it ever got on TV. Um, Great fucking episode. It's oh, a classic. It, it it's is. A classic. It's, it's, a, it's the best thing I've ever see, seen on X Files, actually. And yeah, it, um, it's in the top five greatest X Files episodes. I'm I'm a huge yeah. X Files fan, so I, uh, you know, I this episode is so damn good. You it just blows your mind. Again, yeah. Again, it's one of those things. I I never knew what was I. I didn't know anything about the episode, and I actually saw it when it came out, and it came out on Halloween. And afterwards, they they stopped airing it on um, on TV. It was only aired once, right? And when it, when it came out, so I didn't know that. I, well, I watched yeah. it on Hulu, so it didn't really count. I watched all of them. I watched the. I decided to take a binge watch of the X Files, and I it took me two and a half weeks, but I finished the whole series. <laughs> yeah. So, can, so can I, I, I ask um, a quick another quick question? Because we just talked about Final Destination. So, absolutely. what what is your favorite horror franchise? Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Okay, let's see. What's my favorite horror franchise? Wait, 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 wait. wait. I know Tori's favorite. What? What's my favorite? Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> that's pretty scary. No, we said horror, not horrible. <laughs> uh, I will say... I will say the Saw series. I really... I liked that it was intellectual. I liked that you had to, you never knew what was really going to happen. You didn't know how they were going to react. You didn't know if they were going to get it. And the ending was always good. Well, okay. The first three I thought were excellent. Yeah. But, same here. Then, then it got a little old. I mean, he, you know, once he died, it kind of was like, eh. But that's mine. What about yours, Kurt? Uh, Phantasm. Okay. Um, Good choice. Yeah, I, oh, man. I, I love that mo those movies. I, they're 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 kind of they're kind of on the same line as um the Evil Dead movies, like where they 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 kind of bridge the line of horror and comedy um a little, um, but actually Phantasm is more horror actually. But I don't know. I I just thought it was a each one was imaginative. Uh, each one they kind of bought something new uh, to the to the series, and um, I don't know. I and and actually, they only had like five of them. They didn't they didn't go like ape shit like the, uh, the Friday the Thirteenth films. Um, yeah, and they only had like five films, and but and um, like I said, they, each one was. They, they kind of bought something to it, and I, I I just enjoyed them. Um, I would say episode seven, eight, and nine of the Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty pretty bad, but uh, no, uh, 
You know, I love, <laughs> I love, I love Michael Myers, man. Michael Myers is the people's champ. And, uh, you know, uh, I would say three of those movies are pretty good. I know a lot of them are pretty bad, but you know, I just like Michael Myers, man. I think he's the coolest one. He can drive, you know, uh, he is the cool William Shatner, uh, you know, face and all that kind of stuff. I think he looks the coolest, you know. Uh, he's the only one that ages really, you know. <laughs> like he, like he's getting old. Like the next one, he's gonna be using a, a walker, you know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but because uh, he's so real, like he's like a real, like his superpower is just being fucking evil. Like you know what I'm saying? Like he literally gets superpowers from just being an evil dude. He is so much like people I've worked for. But um, yeah, I, I'm a big um, Halloween uh, fan. And then after this, I have a, a question too for the panel. But uh, uh, Josh, I'm going to pass the mic to you. All right, my favorite franchise. It's it's really hard to say because Saw, you know, they they took that, that ability to take one event and get like five movies from different angles. And uh, I thought that was pretty, pretty clever. Um, and on the other hand, you got uh, the Purge series, right? Oh, great, yeah. Where you're taking one concept, but coming at it from multiple points of view. And those are two really awesome tricks uh, that I think uh, could be used for franchises rather than, okay, we're following the same thing and then it's just all throughout, you know, we follow one thing. But for the sake of having to pick one, I'm going to go with The Purge as my favorite series. Not that I necessarily think it's the best series, but it's the one that I think, uh, like I said, I like the fact that it's a bunch of different movies from a different, uh, a bunch of different perspectives about uh, an event, you know, that happens annually, and I, and the, uh, the the socio political implications, you know, that they throw in there are, are pretty neat too. I have two things to say about the purge. One is, I totally think Josh would be purging if there was a purge. <laughs> he seems like a purge, purgery, purgery guy. PS five somehow, <laughs> but also. People, if you're a filmmaker out there and you have the, the blessing to have a series of films that come out, don't call your first, the, your fourth film the first purge to confuse the shit out of people. <laughs> like the fourth film is called the first purge. So then you'll be like, oh, what did you go see? Oh, the first purge. Wait, I thought that was out like five, five years ago. No, no, it's the new movie, <laughs> but it's called the first purge. It is so freaking confusing. Like, they could have called it anything else. Like, uh, the first, you know, the first time we started purging or something. I don't know. But uh, don't call it. it. It's a confusing title. But uh, I actually enjoyed that film. When you see uh, Black gangsters uh, killing KKK members, crisis. So, what, okay, before Jen answers. Okay, no, Jen, go. You go ahead. You go ahead. Uh well, my favorite franchise is Hellraiser. <clears throat> One, I mean, not all the movies are great, but 
I love the fact that there is so much that goes with the Hellraiser. Uh, there's novels, there's uh, comics, there's, there's a bestiary for Hellraiser. Um, there's just so much that goes along with it. And the, the, the source material for Hellraiser is so rich. Clive Barker's imagination is just an absolute nightmare to yes. kind of crawl around in. And it's amazing. Puppy. And Jen yeah. would totally date Pinhead. Uh, I do, actually. As, I mean, we weren't making it public, but thank you for outing me. It was great. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, no problem. Pinhead is... Uh... Pen is a quite, quite a catch. <laughs> you might say he has kind of, you know, no, no. I, I'm you're you're stuck. You're stuck to him. I was, <laughs> I was gonna say that. <laughs> so one movie that I really liked the the nur like the scene in the basement and the nurses like really creeped me out was House on Haunted Hill. Both of them, the original and the remake. Yeah, no, that's a good one. House on Haunted Hill. I, I, I have, I have a question. Um, I have a question uh, that um, I want to um, pose to the. But somebody's uh, background's pretty loud. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so I have a question I want to pose to the to the panel. We'll start off with uh, Jen. Now, we've had Freddy versus Jason. Godzilla versus King Kong, Alien versus Predator, uh, Elmo versus Barney. Oh God! Give me your another versus. You can't use those guys of um, two iconic uh, horror film characters. I'll start it off by saying I would pay money to see Leprechaun versus Chucky. I think that would be the best battle ever it'd be funny because they both got they're both comedians right so they're gonna have great lines and stuff and i just think chucky versus uh leprechaun would be funny and i think it should end with chucky getting his pot of gold so uh jen who would you, who do you got all right <clears throat> i want to see a showdown between uh hannibal lecter mm. and uh uh, the the Leatherface from uh, Chainsaw Massacre. Oh wow, Hannibal Lecter! I think loses that one in a walk away. Yeah, you think so? I don't know. Yeah, I mean they both like that 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 uh, mystery meat, you know. But uh, <laughs> it kind of works, you know. <laughs> I think you know. I kind of think they'd become friends. Don't you think that would make an epic? Wouldn't that make an epic story idea though? I, I think so because. Right. There's something if he, could, if he can use multiple MIGs as a uh, as a shield, maybe then he got a chance. So see the, the thing that I like about both of them is that they're both they really are both human. I mean, I don't just mean this like cartoonishly. I mean they really are underneath it human. And so they have the same kind of flaws, which makes them extremely exploitable to each other. So Hannibal Lecter has all the intelligence and the brains, and Leatherface has something more visceral, more physical, more. Uh, there's just something about that pairing that seems pretty amazing. I agree. I'm curious to see what Kirk's going to say about this one. Um. Well, actually, 
I've always thought that these, uh, the two that I'm picking were um, basically the same. And I, um, I said they're from the Hitchcock, both from Hitchcock films. Um, one is the, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, the character's name, but Robert Walker played him in Strangers on a Train and uh, Norman Bates. Hmm. Okay. And they're basically had the same kind of background, um, kind of a, a mother fixation. So, yeah, that's true. They do have a mother fixation. Yeah, definitely. I just think that would be. And they're they're, they're both they're both um, intelligent uh, to a point, and uh, but. Um, yeah, I thought that would be interesting to put two of them together. Bruno. His name was Bruno. Yeah, Bruno. Yeah, that was thank it. You. Sorry, thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. What about you, Josh? Well, I have a quick, uh, couple of quick questions. One, if it's a movie series and technically this person only appeared in one of the movies, would that still count? Sure. Okay, I'm about to ask a blasphemous question for horror fans. What was the name of uh, Linda Blair's character in The Exorcist? Reagan. Reagan. Okay. So I want to see Reagan versus <laughs> Ash from The Evil Dead. Oh, there you go. Yeah. The power of Boomstick compels you. Yeah. <laughs> so, we, so we all know that Ash wins that battle, but what an epic fight that would be. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm hoping for. <laughs> I don't know. That pea soup might uh might uh if he's if she's able to spew it on him, that might do the trick. <laughs> no, that would that that's a good one, actually. I didn't I've never thought of that. Yeah. Did you do yours, uh, Tori? No, but I want to say that Pennywise versus Hellraiser would be a really good one. Ooh. Oh, that's a scary one, Tori. Because Pennywise, you know, he lures people in and Hellraiser kind of fucks with people's minds and it would be a good pairing, I think. I think... It would be like a good celebrity death match, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I, I really, uh, the, the level of mind uh, messing that would go on with that is just so enormous that, like, I can almost feel it like an atomic bomb rippling, you know, like a whole, not a whole town, a whole state would be affected. You could just viscerally feel it. Also, I kind of like to see Pennywise go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> That's where he deserves to go, right? Capturing little kids. Yeah, he's uh, pretty much a sick bastard. Pennywise. Oh, oops. I muted myself. So I think that, like, we've gone over some really cool shit, but, like, what I want to talk about now is favorite actors. Kirk kind of mentions actors whenever he talks about the films, but like what who do you think? <laughs> I just said he is a summer home there. That's funny. Um but like uh 
one of the things that I think that um, makes horror movies iconic is the actors because you can have a really good horror movie, a really good screenplay, a really good concept, but if you have the wrong actor, it's not going to come out right. Just like any movie, you know what I mean? So who do you find, Kinte? You already brought him up, didn't you? Yep. The, the great Tony Todd. Yeah, yeah. I met him in a grocery store, and he's just as cool as he is in, you know, in his movies. No. And, I just, saw, uh, I just yeah. saw the film for the first time uh, a couple months ago. I because I've never seen it before, and I, I I I thought it was just unbelievably filmed. Um, and I'm and just just a great character. I just. He's a fantastic actor. Sweets to the Sweet was actually one of my most favorite uh, recipe collections that I made for movies. Make the meal. I, 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 we watched all of the Candyman movies. I didn't even know that there were so many, but um, and they were all so good. Every every single time he's on the screen, he just commands attention. Yeah, Tony Todd is awesome. And uh, Tori is being, is muted, you guys. Oh, I said, she said, oh, you met Tony Todd? That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. One of my uh, great uh, experiences ever uh, is meeting Tony Todd. Well, okay, no, it was meeting Jen. But, you know, different reasons. <laughs> okay, so Jen, who's probably one of your favorite actors or actresses? Oh, hands down, Christopher Lee especially since we're talking about the origins of horror, Christopher Lee made so many characters become who they are in our everyday uh, or in our modern day uh, mythos. <clears throat> His portrayal of Dracula really spawned other writers in particular to write Dracula in a totally different direction than Bram Stoker, which is just, I mean, to me, it just blows my mind how he actually molded the character into something that then people now go back to and go, yeah, that's actually Dracula. That's how he's supposed to behave. Uh, so he, he wins. And he's Count Dooku as well. Yeah, and, <laughs> that, yeah, and, and he was also Saruman in Lord of the Rings. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, he was Saruman. He was Count Dooku. You know why he's Count Dooku? Because he's the shit. God. <laughs> Wait, I was like, let, let me give you a little Count Dooku. <laughs> I can't stand you right now. <laughs> Man, I don't know what, how what old a, he what is. A, what a great name, too, by the way. That's a great I name. I don't know how old he is in that picture, but that guy is he is just timelessly handsome. Amazing. Just amazing. Man, I hope I age that gracefully. I really hope so. What uh, about you, Josh? What do you think? So many directions you can go in, but uh, for me, it's pretty obvious. The king himself, Bruce Campbell. Yeah. He will always be the guy that introduced me to, uh, for lack of a better term, schlocky horror. And as much as I love the Evil Dead movies and Army of Darkness and, and all of that, 
Um, Bubba Hotep. Bubba Hotep. Um, my name is Bruce. Oh, yeah. That's a hidden gem there where he just yeah. plays himself. Yeah, I know. That, that is good. So, yeah, Bruce Gamble, the icon for me. My hero. Your hero. <laughs> if if you have a chance, I don't know if you guys listen to books on tape. I'm, it's not usually my thing, but I listen to the uh, audiobook for How to Make Love the Bruce Campbell Way. <laughs> Full cast reading, great story. It is hilarious. Yeah, the, the audio commentary for uh, Bubba Hotep is, is uh, worth the price of the movie, actually. Because he, he does it as Elvis during the whole during the whole movie, so you know you know the, the sequel the sequel to Freddy versus Jason was going to be Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. Yeah, yeah, I know it's a yeah. comic book. Yeah, so, but uh, he felt like he had to be the winner. You know. So. Yeah. So, what about you, Kinsey? My oh, I did, I did Tony Todd. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm next. Yeah, Carrot, you are next. Go ahead. Um, well, you brought up uh, Christopher Lee. Um, I actually, and you're you're talking about um creating a different take on on uh, Dracula. I loved uh, Peter Cushing. Um, oh, his take on Van, his take on Van Helsing, especially in um, what I think arguably is the the best vampire movie Hammer put out, and that's Bride to Dracula. Ooh, good one. Yeah, um, especially <laughs> the scene, especially the scene where he gets bit, and what he does, he he basically takes. Um, an iron and cauterize heats it up and cauterizes the wound. And, um, it's just, it, 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 and it's and even in the first film, he, he's, it is, the character is so, um, energetic, I guess, uh, or just, especially the end and how he, how he kills him and right. just, but I actually his performance in Bride of Dracula I think is is just I I, I I absolutely love that movie and I love him in that so I just and and, and now, he, Kurt, in, in, now when, Kurt. in another oh, wait one second and in another uh, Kinte excellent segue right Peter Cushing also was in Star Wars so that, see that's what I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> Kirk, you keep you guys keep setting me up with these loves. Grant, <laughs> he was also Grand Marv talking, talking. So you know, they did that that standalone uh, Star Wars film. I can't remember the name of it. Rogue One. Rogue One, where they 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 animated him or did the digit. I thought that was bizarre. I I couldn't get over that every time they showed him. Yep. It, yeah. it just it looks so weird. Um but See, yeah. If uh if Jen brought up the bridge over the river Kauai, she knows where I'm gonna go with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's>, yeah. 
that's her favorite that's her favorite movie of all time (laughs) (laughs) so my favorite uh actor as as a horror movie actor you guys are gonna laugh at me but i think robert england was just awesome like he he portrayed freddie in a way that was perfect for the time period and he was creepy and you know like i'm going to get tattooed on me one two freddy's coming for you like i just love it like the whole nightmare on elm street series just really really tickled me whenever i was little like i this is why i love horror movies this is what i grew up on i'm an 80s baby so i guess that's why i chose this one robert england was freddy there's no There is no Freddy without him. Like, even if they tried to reboot it, I think it would fall so flat because you need well, him energy. How sweet, fresh meat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said, uh, he said, what did he say? He said, uh, welcome to prime time, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> You know, my favorite scene, one of my favorite Freddy scenes was in um, part two, the one that everybody forgets about, where yeah. uh, where he's going around killing everybody at the barbecue. And, oh, yeah. party. and then this one guy, this one guy comes out and he goes, hey, it's okay, man. Whatever the problem is, it'll be okay. He's giving Freddy a speech and Freddy's just looking at him. And then he goes, he said, we're here to help. And he said, help yourself, fucker. And then he's <laughs> <laughs> See, oh, it's like the reason. Okay, so do you guys? Oh, I can't. Re- I don't know why. I, was, I just thought of this name. The name. It's it's where like uh, the girl grows up and she is an adult. Wes um, Craven's New Nightmare. And oh right. The Freddy mm-hmm. hand was like the one. Yeah, like. I loved that movie. (laughs) I was like 12 and I would play it on VHS over and over and over again. It's just, I don't know why. Like the phone and calling, like I just liked it. You know, uh, 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 Tori, I won't ask you how old you are, right? Because I don't want to get, uh, because I would not want you to ask me how old I am either. But I am going to say that um, I too was uh, an 80s kid and as kind of a, a, a weird club, 80s kids seems to, we seem to have an affinity for horror that is really tuned in differently than a lot of other people. And it's really obvious when you start talking about what, what I consider to be the classics, which really all start in the late 70s and early 80s and then go through. But you know, it, it, I have broadened my horizons uh, over the past couple of years. I mean, you know, really the past 10 years. But uh, one of the things that I keep going back to is how vibrant horror is in the late 70s, early 80s, and how totally different it is today. Like, you can barely recognize what horror is today compared to what it was in the 80s. And I just wanted to know how you felt about that. 
Um, well, I, I, sorry, sorry, my mute button wasn't on mute. So, okay, so I think that uh, as it's the slasher films. We were used to Michael Myers and Jason and Freddy, and we were used to, and this is where the gore started, too. This is where the blood really started, and, like, in my opinion, like, this is where, like, horror movies turned into gore movies, like... Uh, it wasn't so much suspense anymore and innuendos and foreshadowing and all this other stuff that made older horror movies great. And we became a little desensitized to seeing killing on screen. It was a little different than like, uh, it was putting a face to things instead of monsters killing you it's people killing you and i think that has a lot to do with how we see horror movies nowadays too do you, do you think horror movies make for the best date films i personally do give me a horror movie and pizza and i am there that is the best first date <laughs> fellas all you guys are trying to date uh tori i just i just unlocked the secret <laughs> Can I, uh, can I mention one thing? Um, I don't mean to keep jabbering on. I'm sorry. But I, I just wanted to mention that I think that sometimes without sounding, you know, elitist or snobby or anything, I think that horror today has fallen into two kinds of categories, right? One is sort of the back to basics. Hey, you know, let's let's go make a good horror movie. And it's hit or miss. And then there's the horror movies that try, like Hereditary, to be a wider allegory of darker stories. And The Witch is one of those, right? Mm -hmm. And then the, when I look back at what was kind of happening in the 80s, and I mean, at the time, of course, I wouldn't have been sort of cognizant of wider allegories and, and deeper meanings and stories. But what I get is we moved from, like you said, the monster movies of the 60s into the no we're the monsters people are the monsters and like we haven't quite moved into a new realm into a different direction we're still stuck on the we're the monsters and until we come up with whatever it is that we're going to come up with that's new um i kind of wonder if we're just sort of in a holding pattern well, if you think about it uh twilight zone that was a lot of the things that we're the monsters Mm, that's a good point. I just wanted to sound really smart. <laughs> that, that's a good point. <clears throat> uh, do, uh, do you agree or do you disagree? I mean, I no, I, I no, I agree. Wrong. I agree. I think, I think there is. You know, it's funny. I never got really scared about like a monster. I knew it didn't exist. Um, the things that scared me were things that I know could happen. Right? Like, like, um, even though I live in L.A., but being trapped on a, a, a bed of thin ice, you know, um, the police chasing you, uh, you know, um, forgetting to bring your wallet when you're taking Tori on a date and she has to pay, you know, things that are real scary, you know? So I'm just saying like, to me, the common everyday things were way more scarier to me. I used to have fun with the monster, you know, like critters. And I don't know, we didn't mention critters, but and uh chud and uh you know um you know those all those crazy things 
but it does make your imagination. I think it is more of imaginative, you know. Uh, would you say Gremlins is a horror film? First one, is, first yeah. one, is more, first one is more horror than anything right. else. Yeah. So, like you know, those kind of things, those are very imaginative and stuff like that, and it does tap into a childlike thing inside of you when you when you watch um, things that are not necessarily of this planet or, you know, uh, it, it does make you take your mind to somewhere else. But you know that, you know, the critters are not going to be coming for you. You know? Yeah. One movie that, like, creeped me out that was, like, it could happen was Fire in the Sky. And I know it's more, like, alien uh, sci-fi. But, like, I okay. So there was this show called Sightings. Do you guys remember that? I yeah. Remember. Okay. okay. So they had like all these episodes about aliens, and like I was young. I was probably like eight or nine, maybe even younger. And okay. I watched oh, ten years, it ten years ago. Yeah, ten years ago. And mm -hmm. I would <laughs> I would watch these shows. Like it came on at eight or nine o'clock at night, you know, and then I go to bed. And my my we had a pool, we had an in ground pool when I was growing up, and they had lights in the pool to light up the pool at night, right? Well, I was so scared that I was going to get abducted by aliens that I would tell my mother <laughs> to not put put the lights on in the pool because it would attract the aliens and they would abduct me. This all seems very reasonable so far. <laughs> and so, like, I was terrified of aliens. So when Fire in the Sky came out, like, it was, like, the grays. <laughs> They're the scariest aliens, in my opinion. The big eyes. Like, I hate them. And, like, I don't now. I love them now. But, like, that movie just creeped me out and like it was so it was so real like it could really happen like this guy was so normal and i was just like oh my god like i was looking into the sky for fire <laughs> like, for real <laughs> and it's based on a true story too oh that's adorable oh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it, I don't know. There, it seemed like Alien Mania was more like the '90s. Now it's kind of making a a, a comeback to a certain degree with uh, some of these new revelations. But um, I, I was there was a time you couldn't I, I, I you couldn't tell me aliens didn't exist. Now it's just like eh, eh, we'll see. Yeah, we were talking about uh, X Files before, and I always thought that the. The best episodes of that series were the the standalone ones, were the ones that they didn't really they weren't you know about the alien conspiracy or anything like that. Because I always thought that that slowed the series down, I guess. But I I, I always loved the the standalone ones, the um, the um, the tombs, that you know the guy who do every seven years, you know takes feeds on the liver, I guess of. There was a fluke man, the guy who lived in the sewers. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah, and um, the, the, the standalone ones of, the, of that series I loved. But whenever they started talking about the aliens, I just, uh, just, 
Wait a minute. Okay. Okay. There you well, go. Yeah. Okay, I got to say something about that as a the resident X Files expert. Yeah, I know. And, yeah. and I, uh, I loved all of them, and I love the mythology episodes. Okay, the but the best episode I think of all the X Files episodes was a standalone alien episode, uh, and uh, it was uh, called Jose Chung's from Outer Space. Yes. Yeah, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say that. That 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 was cool. Yeah, that, I was just is, gonna, yeah, that was that is one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen. I mean, it actually had uh, it had Alex Trebek, Trebek yeah, and Jesse yeah. Ventura in there, like it, you know, and Charles Nelson Riley. It's just oh my god, great episode, like just a terrific episode. Uh, but I think that's the best X Files episode. That episode, yeah, is I, funny. yeah. I'll... It has yeah, that everything. Was I think it's, yeah. And it, and it wasn't a it, it wasn't a mythology episode, but but um we could do a whole X Files uh, uh <laughs> thing. But uh, yes, okay, about. okay. So that's the next episode of Infectious Geek. We're gonna do it all about X Files, just for you, Kinsey. Hey, I won't be. I, I and believe me, I remember the time. That's the first show. I that's the first show where I knew the the names of the directors and the writers of the episodes, and I knew the titles. I mean, I to this day I still remember that stuff. So uh, I, I'm a big fan of that. Still, I have all of everything on Blu-ray. Every I have all the Chris Carter shows, Millennium. I have uh, the Lone Gunman, Harsh Realm, all of that stuff. So, but uh, you know, can, can I ask? Uh, and this is it's not. X-Files related, it's actually, but it's related to like stuff that right now is in the zeitgeist. So when you guys saw, or did you see, I don't know if you did, uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, were you at all happy to see the big monsters back? Or or, or do you think that we do better when we like hone in kind of like we were talking about with the X-Files on the on the, the smaller stuff, the, the conspiracy stuff, the different stuff, not the big giant gargantuan monsters? All right, I'm gonna tell you. Has everybody seen King Kong versus Godzilla? I have. Yeah. I have. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. The thing I was happy the most was, I am a Godzilla super fan. I believe Godzilla is the people's champ. I never liked King Kong. I think mm -hmm. he's a. I think I hate him as a character. I've never rooted for King Kong. And the best thing about that movie was, Godzilla got that ass. So, uh, you know, even though they kind of gave him, you know, they gave him taking out Mecha Godzilla, but I, I'm a big fan of, uh, so that movie had the correct person winning. So that's, that's what mattered the most. <laughs> to Kinte, that's all that mattered. <laughs> but, so, so do, but do you like, I mean, because I was thinking about this the other day, right? We were talking, uh, my, the people that I watch movies with, we were talking about how, the, there's this sort of uh, mini resurgence in larger than life everything, larger than life, um, the kaiju from Pacific Rim, the big monsters, the resurgence of the big stuff. And, and I mean, big stuff in size. And we were talking about how that is an odd reflection of where we are right now in just sort of our collective culture and how everything bigger is better and i, I that's I, where i'm, I'm sorry Jen, that. that's where you go whenever you <laughs> 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 i'm sorry, sorry. Go ahead, go. 
<laughs> How many wines have you had over there, Tori? <laughs> I can do I, I can do that dance, and I will not be doing it tonight. <laughs> That was what was missing from the movie. Why didn't he do the Godzilla dance when he won? Like, come on. Because he would have rattled too many Tokyo windows. <laughs> <laughs> Cause another tsunami. <laughs> Here we go. You know what? One more time for all the fans. <laughs> I haven't had Man, any there was somebody in that suit doing that dance. I just, wow. All right, okay. tell me, so, tell so, me. So, uh, what, oh, yeah, about the um, about the big monsters. I think that yeah. the insurgent is that people like to go back to that. So, like, that in their childhood, they probably were like, oh, my God, Godzilla, you know, now they're older and they want their kids to experience Godzilla, so they're bringing it back. You know, just like Star Wars and all that. Tori, why are you why are you talking about me, Tori? <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, you know, I, I that's that's my personal opinion. But honestly, I think that like when people think of iconic horror movies in a general sense, sci-fi stuff, they think of Godzilla and they think of King Kong and they think of that that. This, that whole scary monster, like the blob and like um, Swamp Man and all that kind of stuff, Frankenstein, these are monsters that can kill you and they're going to come out like eat your brains, you know, and like that's always going to be kind of like comic book characters. I'm going to make a reference there, kind of like comic book characters. They are... Um, always going to be sellable, marketable. You can get toys. You can get the coloring books. You can get the lunch boxes, and they're going to sell for a long time. The movie might not be out anymore, but their their merchandise is still going to sell. You know what I mean? I, I I absolutely do, and and I think in some ways you're right. There is this like super desire to go back to nostalgia because that feels comfortable. But I also think that there is something to seeing like the, this, uh, it's almost like, forgive me for saying it this way, because if you watch Korean horror and if you watch sort of overseas horror, you get a totally different picture of what's happening in the world, right? But for us, we tend to get tired of stuff. So we get, we go through the Draculas, we go through the, zombies we go through the whatever it is and then we get tired of it and we need to move on to whatever is next and it's almost like we are sort of in a collective everybody's tired phase and so horror to me now feels like it is moving in the direction where it's like very introspective it's very um looking at the inside of who people are and again you know people are still monsters but sort of, you know, getting into the real fine layer of dirt under there. And when people see the monster movies, they're like, oh, look, something shiny. This is amazing. Look, and sometimes I wonder if that, I don't know. I don't know how that plays out. That's why I brought it up because I don't really know what to think about it. I just notice that it's something that happens. 
No, I, I, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, um, it's very interesting topic. Maybe it's a topic we should do on a pre, uh, on a future show. Yeah, but you know what? I gotta call Josh out before we go before we say goodbye. Call me out. <laughs> How do you not bring up the ring? No one's brought up the ring. Cool. There's a lot of things that weren't brought up. Can I can I get it? Can I get a seven days, Josh? No. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Here's trivia. Here's trivia. Here's trivia, real quick. The girl from the the ring, her right there. Or Samara. 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 She, yeah. If you watch the show Big Love, uh the show Big Love. Yeah. Uh, uh that was on HBO. With Bill uh, Paxton, right? Yeah. The character Rhonda from that show. That's the same girl. No. Yeah, they're the same person. Wow. Holy cow. Yeah. yeah, and she's a great character. That's a good character. piece of trivia. Yeah, yeah. So there was this funny this funny story. I I had a a girlfriend of mine who uh we loved the ring. We loved the ring. I was going to bring it up, but I I forgot. Um just blame Josh. Yeah. <laughs> and uh sorry. <laughs> and like she started texting me seven days and like then she would text me like the next day six days. <laughs> like it would be the most random times. Like I'd be like really busy doing something or like laying down or something. And it was always like four o'clock in the afternoon or like ten o'clock at night. It just it was really cool. When uh when it's that time of the month, do you get a phone call that says seven days? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's sad. <laughs> Makes me sad. But all right, so I think this uh, definitely warrants to go back to. Very uh, fun episode. A very fun episode. So I think that maybe like in the future we can have a part three. Um, I think next week we're going to go change gears a little bit. But um, yes. <laughs> But this was a great episode. Thank you guys so much for coming out. And uh, yeah, definitely informative and fun. I thought that this was great. So uh, let's see where everybody is on social media. We're going to start with Josh first. How can everybody find you on social media, buddy? Well, as per usual, you can find me on Twitter at SkidComic or at WodcastPod or at Semicore Studios. Those are the three main twitter accounts that i use and i use the term use uh really really uh loosely there i'm on there every once in a while i tweet things like if you follow me on skit comic i might throw up a remix that i made from fuser you know check that out uh throw some cool videos up there and as always you know promote the wadcast which you can listen to every friday night at 10 p.m eastern 7 p.m pacific at uh, the Wadcast Facebook page. <clears throat> and, and, and Wad stands for white and dope. <laughs> Which yes. of course he is. He's white and dope. That's great. <laughs> but it can also stand for writers, actors, and directors. Ah. Uh, no, mine's way better, dude. Stick with mine. <laughs> dual meanings. Dual meanings. <laughs> okay, Jen, how can everybody find you on social media? Um, well, I'm a sort of like Josh. Uh, you can find me on social media, but I don't know if there's anything interesting there. Um, I'm on Twitter at following bliss. Um, otherwise, uh, that's kind of all of my social media at the moment. But you can go to my website called moviesandmeals.com. And that's kind of my 
latest greatest passion. So that's where I am. Awesome. I'm gonna check that out tomorrow. What about you, Kirk? Where can people find uh, you on Instagram and Facebook? Captain Kirk. Oh yeah, K Smith on uh Facebook, uh Kirk David Smith at uh Instagram. Okay, awesome. And what about you can say um okay and uh you can get me at Kente F on Twitter, Kente Ferguson on Instagram, and IndyRadio.org, IndyRadio.org. And um, I, I want to get started a show that we've been pl planning on doing called Pilot Season. This is where we watch a pilot of a drama and a pilot of a uh, sitcom. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and we discuss it. So we're just talking about the pilot alone. So... Um, and I would love to have you guys on it. Um, and we're, we're going to shake it up. It's going to be from different eras. So you might, we might watch the pilot of ER. We might watch the pilot of Andy Griffith show. We might watch the pilot of, uh, of um, Leave it to Beaver. We might watch the pilot of uh, Just Shoot Me. Probably not, but. <laughs> you know. I love Just Shoot Me. <laughs> so, uh, you know, um, but yeah, so that's coming in the near future. I got to talk to Jen about it because uh, Jen is my handler. Okay, awesome. All right, so you can find me on Facebook at Tori Rush, T-O-R-Y-R-U-S-H. You can also find me on Instagram at Rush Tori. That, again, is T-O-R-Y-R-U-S-H. <laughs> and then um, you Is that can, a suggestion? Yes. To yes, Rush Tori? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh god so then you can also find me on the infectious geek as a page on facebook and you know whenever we have an episode we'll put it up there i mean i'm kind of i don't have twitter anymore it's, i have a snapchat is tori rush your actual name it sounds like a stage name it's victoria rush my that's my government name Oh, okay. I, yeah. I always meant to ask you that. that oh, sounds like I'm it. so jealous. Did the government give you a name? God, they yeah. give me one. <laughs> I, you know, I only feel like uh, people call me Victoria whenever I'm in trouble, like whenever I get arrested or. <laughs> what about uh, Vicky? Oh, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no. I think no, I bought that up one time. Yeah. No, 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 no sticky Vicky? No, and no Victoria's <laughs> Secret either. <laughs> but all right, so thanks to you guys for coming on, and we're going to do this again soon. So see, see us next week, and same bat time, same bat place. <laughs> thanks for tuning in. See you next week. Bye. Take care.